Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Strong Christian Female Podcast. I'm your host, Charity, and this is a community of women who want to be warriors for Jesus Christ. We are kicking off the desire to be comfortable and embracing a wholehearted abandonment to Him alone. Not through legalism, not through works, but through His grace and mercy. We're going to overcome the lies of this culture and replace them with the eternal truth of God's Word. So. Whether you're a student, a stay-at-home mom, a grandma, an entrepreneur, whether you're new to the walk of Christianity, or a veteran spiritual warrior, you are welcome here. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. This is Charity. And man, I hope you don't hear what I just heard, which is my intro music ending. Sounded like metal drums. I'm going to look into that. So if you didn't hear it, I fixed it. If you heard it, it's a temporary new intro, I guess and we'll figure it out by the next time. So a lot has happened since I did my last podcast. We are going to do another episode, at least one, if not two, on spiritual warfare. I had a friend text me and um, although I knew a little bit about what he and his wife were going through, he said, I think I'm supposed to be the follow-up to your episode on spiritual warfare. And I think he's right. So we're going to do that. And I'm also going to update you on some really amazing things God has done since I did that episode. And I just feel like something kind of shifted when I was going through what I was going through and when I decided to actually talk about it as an episode. And then I'll give you an update on that. It's some of it's still settling in for me. And yet God is uh, continuing to just give me these beautiful little revelations through the body of Christ. And a little teaser, I will go through that with you another day. But today we're talking about silencing the Holy Spirit in your life. This lie that the Holy Spirit is not wanting to be alive and active in your life is something we all buy into on some level. We may theologically believe that the Holy Spirit wants to be involved in our lives, but when it comes down to the practical everyday living out our lives, we often push the Holy Spirit away. We silence him or we ignore him, maybe just for the simple reason we think it's us and not him. And we don't wanna be super spiritual or prideful. So we sort of think, well, that. That's just me. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's just me. That's not him reminding me of things. So first I want to talk about my words, my vernacular. There's this kind of levels of silencing the Holy Spirit and the and the Bible actually talks about that. And then I want to just maybe point out a few practical ways that either our churches or ourselves silence the Holy Spirit. And then we're just going to pray at the end for God's divine wisdom when it comes to this, and that we stop and pause. And instead of ignoring or distracting ourselves from the Holy Spirit, we pause and we give him space. Because I think the biggest problem we have as believers that are wanting to lean in more to the Holy Spirit in our lives is we don't allow space. So let's jump in. There's a few scriptures I want to kind of kick us off with. First Thessalonians 5.19 says, do not quench the spirit. And quenching, of course, means just to stop it, to make it cease. I've experienced this a lot in church, my personal church that I was going to. You could feel the presence of the Holy Spirit enter in, and they would simply move on to announcements. They would simply do a welcome shtick that they felt they had to do. They would simply say, sit down, be seated, and they would move on with the schedule, even though the Holy Spirit truly, at least for many of us, was was palpably there, was tangibly present. 
Now, part of me thinks maybe it's immaturity on the part of some of the leaders. They just honestly didn't recognize it. Or maybe the Holy Spirit was simply showing up to honor those of us that were literally focusing on him. I don't know, but it was quenched. And my son even came to me, my oldest son. And he said, mom, I've been there. I, I, I've, I've experienced times when he's like, my hands were tingling. Like he could feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. He goes, and they just stopped it. So he recognized, even as a teenager, the quenching of the Spirit, the stopping of the move of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30-32 through 32 says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So it says not to grieve God's spirit, not to grieve the Holy Spirit. And things that do grieve him are bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, you know, gossip, any form of malice or maliciousness. And then he says to be kind and compassionate. And again, kind of going back to what are the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. If we do not exhibit those, and let's be frank. They may be in us, but we have to choose to act on them. Their fruit comes out if we fertilize it, if we water it, if we prune our lives to grow it. It's not easy to exemplify the fruit of the Spirit in that the Holy Spirit is present in your life if you don't have the fortitude to allow it to grow and then that be your default. You don't have to fake it. But come on, it's in there and we're just ignoring it. Luke twelve ten says, And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. This is a big one that causes confusion to some folks because you're not usually taught what it means to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. There's kind of, I wouldn't even call them schools of thought. They really sort of all encompass each other, but there's there's three or four. It actually looks like I have four here. Explanations of what that means. And I feel like they all overlap and intertwine. And some of them are just different ways of saying the same thing. So blasphemy is the continual denial of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's a hardening of your heart against Christ. And then this turns into words that you speak against Christ and the Holy Spirit. People that blaspheme the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives may see that God is moving in their heart. The Holy Spirit is unctioning them closer to the Lord, and they're continuing to push him away to the point where it comes out of their mouth and they speak against Christ in the Holy Spirit, and they're continually denying him, even though he's working on their heart. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. It can also be when you attribute credit, so to speak, to the devil that should clearly go to God. It should. It was clearly done by the Spirit, but you give the devil kudos or credit for that. And that's something kind of extreme that I think a lot of us wouldn't do, but it's kind of a an offshoot of blaspheming the Holy Spirit is literally taking away the glory of God and trying to put it on the devil or even on man. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is a willful, determined opposition to the present power of the Holy Spirit. When people willfully go against and oppose the move of the Holy Spirit, you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is also a hardened and consistent stance against God. How many leaders, how many people do you see who have a continued, hardened, and consistent stance against God? They're standing in opposition, and that is blasphemy against the Spirit. 
John 6, 63 says the spirit gives a life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. The Bible says that the flesh, our body, it counts for nothing, but that the spirit is what gives life. You know, the Holy Spirit gives life in us. We need him. So many of us are going through life and maybe you've even become disciplined in what you eat and that you exercise. So your body feels really good. And maybe you're taking care of your soul. You've gotten off social media. You're not comparing yourselves. You're not feeding your soul things you shouldn't. That feels really good. You're spending time with your family. Maybe you're even taking time to do creative things and art. And that's great. But what about your spirit? The only thing that can truly empower, strengthen, and invigorate your spirit is the Holy Spirit. And when we ignore him, we silence him in our lives, our spirit man is suffering. And we may not even know that. You know, I've talked in weeks past about what I would now call a restlessness in me, because I'm just so desperately wanting more of God. And I look around and people around me, they just don't. They're literally just waiting around for the rapture. It is beyond me. And they just go on with their lives. And I do live in a state where, you know, a lot of the restrictions are not as stringent and oppressive as other states, if you're listening. So I can understand why people have kind of ignored some of what's going on. But The fact that so many people don't realize that we are living in a spiritual war right now, we are living, I believe, in a cyber war right now. And I believe there are more things happening behind the scenes that are an unknown war against our country than people believe. But we must engage with the Holy Spirit to be refreshed and to silence him in our lives will cause so much more harm than good, not in the long run, but in the immediate so some of us are maybe us or our churches are, are squelching and quenching the Holy Spirit. Some people may be bordering on blasphemy. I, I doubt if you're listening to this, you are, but you may know of people or you've heard of people. And then maybe some of us are just simply ignoring him and not knowing it. Or maybe we're ignoring him and we do know it. There's a man by the name of Ernest O'Neill. And in fact, I don't know if you've ever gone on YouTube and watched these old, I mean, 70s, early 80s videos that people made of sermons. I I found one of, of him and he had this beautiful phrase that he basically was leading up to this idea that in our everyday life, God may be planting ideas in our mind and we dismiss them as silly or dumb or or unintelligent or annoying or naggy and we just blow them off. Or man, that's a good idea. And then we move on with our day like, gosh, I should write a card to my grandma. And then we move on. We don't actually realize it's the Holy Spirit. We think it's us. And he says we're extravagantly rejecting the guidance that the Holy Spirit is giving us. Extravagantly rejecting. You guys, this was like 30 years ago he said that. And I thought, wow. I actually think it was 40. If then it was an extravagance to reject the guidance of the Holy Spirit, how much more today is it an opulent decision to deny and ignore the Holy Spirit guiding us and giving guidance in our lives. So part of what he talked about, and and this is part him, part me, but we have this false idea, this fake idea 
of how God is going to speak to us. And so because we have this idea, whatever that idea is, he's going to walk into the door. Yeah, you know, he's going to walk through the wall and he's going to talk to us. Because we have this false idea and many of us have heard maybe testimony of people and how God speaks to them, so we think, "Oh, that's how God speaks to you." Or we think, you know, and the Lord showed up and there he was. He stood before Paul and blinded him. And you think, "Oh, that's how God speaks to people." Whatever idea it is, you think you've set your yourself up to see the Holy Spirit speaking in your life only one way. And when it doesn't happen that way, you often don't realize the Holy Spirit speaking to you. I'm one of these people. The Holy Spirit very quietly nags me, nags me, reminds me just like, hey, call the plumber. Hey, call the plumber. Like, I think it's such a good idea, but it's out of nowhere. And I'm like, why do I need to call the plumber? And literally, I've had God tell me things like, hey, remember once four years ago, someone rem- mentioned this in a conversation about septic tanks, and you I filed it away in my brain, right? And God's literally bringing it to my remembrance. And I'm like, why am I thinking about septic tanks? I must, oh, it's weird. I'm thinking about septic tanks. And it ends up, it was the Holy Spirit reminding me to check about my septic tank, because if you ever had a septic tank, it needs to be flushed out. And if it's not flushed out, it floods. Fun stuff. So I realize that God is often nagging me about practical things, but then he's also nagging me about relational things. Do this, do that. And I think it's a good idea to send a card to someone who doesn't talk to me anymore. But then when I realize it's the Holy Spirit, I'm like, oh my gosh, I think God's telling me to send them a card, even though they don't talk to me anymore. And if I don't do it, I'm going to disobey God. I don't want to disobey God. So instead of silencing the Holy Spirit, I'm going to act on what he's telling me to do. But if we think it's our own mind, and we keep saying, this isn't the Holy Spirit, this is my idea, we push it away by thinking that thoughts are our own thoughts and not his thoughts. It sets us up to dismiss him rather than stop and seek him. And again, that's the space, right? To stop and say, wait a minute, is this a Lord? Kind of random. Some people say odd thoughts come into their mind. I, I don't know that they're odd so much as I would say they are random thoughts for me. They're just out of nowhere. It's not something I was thinking about. It's very strange. So I'm like, oh my gosh, random thought. Huh, maybe that's the Holy Spirit. And if I stop and give it time or just write it down so I know I'll do it and then I do it, I'll know that I obeyed the Lord. Or if I stop and pause and go, God, is that you? You know, what's going to happen? Maybe he's not going to say, yes, it is. He may just keep nagging me. But when we assume it's us, it's so much easier to ignore it, even if it seems like a task, a tiny task. That's a, quote, good idea. Maybe it's not a good idea. Maybe it's a weird one. Maybe it's uncomfortable. Maybe you're shopping and doing groceries and God tells you to go tell a lady something nuts or compliment her on her scarf. Like, but it's like in you to compliment, like compliment that lady on her scarf. It seems so dumb and trivial and people are so scared of each other these days that you may choose not to do it. But what if that's, what if you just pause and just say, God, is that you? And then just learn to at least give it space because ignoring Jesus's voice in our lives is the opposite of what we want. And yet if we really are honest with ourselves, we could probably look back on our life and see multiple, if not dozens of times that in hindsight, we realized that was God telling us something. And because we ignored him, something resulted in that, that was bad, that was negative, that didn't work out for us. 
Other ways I think we can ignore the Holy Spirit that we don't often talk about is that we ignore his word in our lives. We'll be reading along. Some people, when you're reading the word, you have these huge revelations come up. Sometimes they happen so fast, you can't take it all in. I'm one of those people I'll be reading and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to take notes of what's popping in my head. That's still the Holy Spirit. He's making it alive in your life. And then he may make it exactly applicable to what you're going through now. But if we don't get in the word ever, let's be honest. He can't speak to us through his word if we're never in his word. Other believers, you know, again, it's that voice in your head. Maybe when you wake up in the morning, you're singing a certain song or you're thinking about something. You're remembering a quote. That could be the Holy Spirit just pushing you. And maybe he's not pushing you to do anything. Maybe he's just talking to you leaving an impression with you, wanting you to seek him on what it is he's trying to tell you. But again, if we don't leave space and opportunity, we'll never know. And if we never ask him because we don't think he's going to answer us, then we're not giving him the opportunity to work in our lives on a level we don't have him working in right now because we think it's nuts. Because again, we have this preconceived notion of how God is going to talk to us. And if that's not what's happening, we write it off. Another way that God talks to us is through the body of Christ, through other people in the body. Like, I know lovely Christians who, who I have no doubt have Jesus in their heart and they are going to heaven. And they might say, how are you? And you might give, if you're close to them, you might give a little bit of a summary of the truth. Let's be honest, maybe if you're going through something. And they may say, oh gosh, I'm sorry to hear that. I'll be praying for you. And they mean it. But if they experience the Holy Spirit in 3D, as I'll say, they might actually say, let's pray about that right now. And God might give them a word for you in that moment. I feel like God's saying this. Now, I love when people do that to me, because I'm going to be honest, it's almost, it rarely ever happens to me that I feel like God is impressing on me, kind of this pushing in my spirit about someone as I'm praying to say, like he's kind of showing me something or impressing on me something. I'm not saying it never happens, but it's, it's, it's not a thus saith the Lord thing. But I've had it happen to where people have said, I feel like God wants you to know this. And they've just read my mail. But if we don't surround ourselves with believers that are trying like us to live alongside the living, breathing Holy Spirit and know he wants to engage in our lives regularly, we don't have that opportunity. Or our pride will keep us from seeking God's word or, or a word from the Holy Spirit through fellow believers by distancing our problems from them. We, we, we want to be private. We don't want to be in small groups. We, we don't like people to know our issues. So we stay silent. And therefore, the Holy Spirit doesn't have opportunity to use his body to speak into our lives. So when we ignore the Holy Spirit, whether it's, you know, dismissing the word, dismissing other believers, dismissing the voice in our head, this leads us where? Well, it leads us sometimes to despair, but certainly to religiosity, right? A routine faith. It can lead some of us to just comfort and routine. We like our comfort. We like our routine. We might even enjoy being a little bored. And that's why we actually want to silence the Holy Spirit, because we don't want him to change what we've got going, because what we've got going is pretty good. So another way I feel like as the body, we ignore the Holy Spirit. First of all, in our personal everyday lives, we are constantly distracted. If you have a job like I do, when I'm working freelance, I get texts and emails all day long. And I may be in the middle of something and I have to answer it. Like I have to, they're telling me like, too sweet, we need this response. And you might think 
that you have a moment alone, even if technically you aren't, quote, working, but they need you to respond. You take that habit wherever you go oftentimes, and you can take that distraction into your life with the Lord. And we look at our phones, we look at tablets, we look at the screen, we watch movies, but we don't actually shut all of that out and just listen to God. And I understand if you do that 20 minutes a day and I say, keep it going. But what about when that voice pops in our head or we have that impression in our spirit or we have someone in the body of Christ say they want to pray with us. Are we going to choose to not be distracted then? Are we going to choose to be quiet and say, God, what do you want? And instead of just 20 minutes, and believe me, I'm not condemning the 20 minutes, but God wants all the minutes. <laughs> and if we're constantly putting screens and distractions in front of our face that are not of him, so I'm not talking about your kids. It's really hard to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit when so many other voices have our attention. Another way as a corporate body is in our worship services. We shut that down. We don't expect the Holy Spirit to show up. Maybe we don't even pray before the worship service. If you're a worship leader or if you go to a church, you don't pray and ask God to come. You don't invite him into our corporate worship service much less our homes. We don't, do we invite him into our homes every day? How we speak to our kids, you know, how, what we're going to do that day. How are we balancing our time? And I think another way that we really ignore the Holy Spirit is in our lack of expectation overall. Some of us feel like we are in a place in life where the Holy Spirit can't really use us much. Or maybe we think he's mad at us. <laughs> And he doesn't want to use us much. Or maybe you don't want to hear the Holy Spirit because you don't want to hear what he has to say because you think what he's going to say is condemning rather than convicting. Pruning is horrible. I don't like being pruned by the Lord, but I do bear more fruit. And I would rather have those small doses of pruning every day than these massive, what feels like just absolute, acts coming to the tree seasons of my life that I'm going to tell you stink. So if I can sort of just prune that little, (laughs) that little Mr. Miyagi tree every day, I'm doing it. I'm getting the Jesus. What do I prune little just every day? I'd so much rather that be my pruning than like, here's an ax. You ignored me for three years of your life. I've got to now trim branches that I didn't want growing in your life. I mean, it's the worst. And if anybody's been through that, take the Mr. Miyagi tree. Take Mr. Miyagi, just trimming, trimming, trimming you. So much easier by just starting your day, God. I expect you to be in my life today. I expect you to be a part of my everyday living. I expect to see you show up because I'm willing for you to show up. You're not commanding him. He's not a genie. You don't get to be the boss of him. But when you raise your expectations, he'll be in your life. He will meet those expectations. And if you don't want those expectations, you're fine silencing the Holy Spirit. I really don't know what to tell you, except good luck with that, because that life is a harder life. It may be more convenient. It may be more comfortable initially, but your spirit being sick and your spirit dying because you will continue to ignore the Holy Spirit instead of getting a spiritual workout, so to speak, 
you will suffer the consequences. And a sick spirit is something none of us want. The Holy Spirit is like your physical trainer, but it's for your spirit. And he seems to like flourish. You know what I mean? Like drama. (laughs) And yet it says that God is a still small voice. And my hope is the more I stop and listen, oh my gosh, I think that's the Lord nagging me to do that thing. Because you know what? He cares if my septic tank runs over. He cares if my dog gets sick because I forgot to take him to the vet. He actually cares that our lives are taken care of because he needs us, instead of futzing with that stuff, to be doing other relational things that he's going to call us to do. The Holy Spirit is not waiting for you to be ready for him. He's not waiting for you for it to be convenient. And I know that. But part of that inconvenience is raising your expectation that he's actually going to show up. And when you say, God, I know you're in me. And I know I've asked to be baptized in your Holy Spirit. So you want to use me. And I know that. My expectation is that you want me. You want me and you need me to be your hands and feet. And Jesus, I ask you right now, in the name of Jesus, that you use me, even if I'm at the grocery store with my kids, even if I'm just driving down the road and I'm bored, I I remember to call somebody, even if, even if, even if, and I'm raising my expectations, God, that you are actually going to talk to me. And it may be so quiet, I have to get really quiet and wait. But I'm expecting you to talk to me today by not ignoring the little things. You know, the Bible says if he can trust you in the small, he'll give you big. You know, the story of the talents, they were blessed with more, even though they only had a little bit, but even the person with one, it doubled because they honored, they honored their master. Well, maybe he's just going to talk to you a little bit right now. But if you honor that little bit, he's going to talk to you a little bit more until that little bit more just might become out loud audibleness or again like an impression of your spirit you may be praying for a friend and then just out of your mouth is going to just be a ticker tape telegram for your friend you're praying praying for and you're going to be like whoa that was amazing I know that wasn't me that was amazing but see if we don't raise our expectation it's easy to silence the Holy Spirit because we dismiss that it even possibly could be him And I guarantee you, at least half of you listening to me today are saying, I think that's me. Or you're saying, I know that's me. We've got to give him space, even if it's a minute to pause and go, Lord, is that you? And again, I don't know that he's going to say, yes, it is me. I have heard what people call the audible voice of God or that voice that is speaking to you. And you're like, that's not me. That has happened to me. I want it to happen more. And usually when it happens to me, it's corrective to me or the friend or person in my life in front of my face. So get ready for that. It's never mean, but it's very honest. Like, like really honest. I don't want to say brutally honest, but whenever it has been him, it has been taken seriously and it has been handled and it has been received. So where do we go from here? Where we go is to God. And we're going to just pray that we raise our expectations and we expect to see him move more in our lives this week. Jesus, we pray right now 
for you to move in our lives this week. We know you want to talk to us. We know you love us. We know you're trying to talk to us every day, whether through dreams, whether through songs, whether through your word, whether through the body of Christ, whether through that still small voice, you are talking to us. And we know that the first things you often do are to sometimes correct us in things maybe we're wrong in or to convict us of things that we shouldn't be doing. But we still invite that God because we want that daily pruning, that little that that little tree, <laughs> Mr. Miyagi pruning. We don't want the axe and the hatchet and the chainsaw pruning. We want the daily pruning, the daily watering, the daily fertilizing, the growth. Jesus, we want to come to you every day and, and just have you have have you just be available to sift through whatever it is and take out what you don't want and leave what you put there because we want to be all you created us to be and not all we think we were created to be. Jesus, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We never want to blaspheme or deny him. We never want to take credit and glory away from him and put it on ourselves or anywhere else. And we certainly don't want to tell him to shut up. But God, we do that when we ignore him. And it's not our purpose. It's not what we want. It's not our intention. But God, we do it. We do it. And we don't want to do it anymore. So God, we invite your voice into our lives through God, just any way you want to reach us. And when it happens, God, we just want to know whether it's like a kick in the shins or, or something else. Oh my gosh. I think that's the Lord. And let us give a pause so that you can have space in our lives, in in spaces maybe we've shut you out. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yay! So ladies, next week we are going to continue with an episode on spiritual warfare. And we will, again, probably end up doing three episodes on that for now. I don't know where it's going to go with. So we're just going to invite the Lord to be a part of that process. I'm also going to be talking about comparison. Ooh, I know, right? Um, I'm talking in front of a high school group and a middle school group. But comparison is one of the things I feel like I laid on my heart um, to talk to. And it may not be the thing you're thinking. I know a lot of people think comparison is just... I wish I had that life that that lady has on Instagram. But I think in a lot of our lives, of those of us that are self-reliant and doers, is we compare ourselves to those we perceive as weaker than us. And we try to use that as an excuse to not actually rise to where the level God has for us. Snap. So it might be going in a direction you don't expect, but I, I'm excited about it because I feel like God put that on my heart and we're going to talk about it. And um, yeah. So if you have prayer requests, please email me. It's actually smart Christian female at Proton Mail. Smart Christian female at Proton Mail. And uh, in Instagram, I am a little shy on the social media these days. I'm kind of taking uh, an extended hiatus because the world be crazy. And um, I just would rather spend time with the Lord. So it sounds so snooty. Doesn't it sound like I'm like so spiritual, you guys? But it's true. And 
it's also that space I'm leaving for the Lord because I can get a little sucked up into it a little more than I should. But I do check it to see if someone wrote me. And then uh, smartchristianfemale at protonmail.com. Okay, ladies, until next time. 